Hi everyone, I'm Martin Tyler. You are listening to the NL Full-Time Podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's NL Full-Time Podcast. I'm Rob Worrell. Yeah, Luke's having a well-deserved day off down at the Cricket at Lords. We're going to break it into two chunks this weekend. Uh, I'm here at uh, Grosvenor Vale post the Wildstone and Aldershot game uh, with Mick Payne, the England Sea coach and assistant to uh, Paul Fairclough. We're going to have a look over the uh, National League results on Saturday and then I shall look over the uh, FA Cup results in the second half of the show with uh, the other boys from the podcast. So, where do we start in the National League on this Saturday? Well, we have to start with James Rose, Chesterfield. They have gone clear at the top, a point clear, in fact, Mick. And uh, in the end, against uh, a resurgent uh, Yeovil side in recent weeks, they've got the job done thanks to two first-half goals from uh, Manny Oyeliki and Kabongo Shimanga, who really has hit the ground running up at uh, Chesterfield. Well, we uh, both know him, Rob. I mean, you saw him at uh, Shamanga when he played for a, an FA eleven we had at Luton, and uh, you're dead right. I mean, I know he's gone there on a big uh, transfer fee, and uh, he was well touted, and he's gone in there, as you said, he's hit the ground running. That's what goal scorers do, and uh, that's perhaps what Chesterfield needed, and you're dead right, they've hit the top, and uh, yeah, one point clear, but it's uh, it's still early days in terms of where the, the league's going, though, uh, Rob, but it's uh, it's starting to pan out a little bit, isn't it? It certainly is, and uh, a first defeat of the season for Dagenham and Redbridge. No shame in that, of course, though, uh, because they've gone away to uh, uh, Wrexham, uh, and Wrexham with a goal from Paul Mullin in the eighth minute, and that's all they needed at the end of the day. After that, it was a matter of uh, seeing it out. Uh, a good recovery from Wrexham after that midweek defeat at Grimsby. Yeah, exactly that, but look, I think people knew that... Uh, Wrexham would bounce back there, you know, we know what's happening down at that club, at that football club, the support they're getting, the uh, financial backing they're getting, the players they're bringing in, you just mentioned Paul Mullins, you know, we don't, you don't mess, you know, that guy's a top, top individual, you know, should he be playing higher? Perhaps he should, but uh, there he is at uh, turning up there as well, and um, he's, he's, he's a player who's going to make a big, big difference uh, uh, for Wrexham, no doubt about that. You know, he will be uh, someone they're going to look to turn to many, many times. But be interesting to see, you know, what the crowd was again at Wrexham because they are now starting to really get the support in, aren't they? And what a terrific start to the season for Grimsby, who, by the way, a lot of the teams have played seven matches so far. Grimsby only six, five wins and one draw. Uh, and uh, no mean result that on uh, Saturday, getting a 2 0 win over Ben Strevens Eastley. Yeah, again, you know, real sort of problems. You know, last season, the way things have gone about certain things, and they've had to bounce back. They're a club that they do believe they need to be in the Football League, and I'm sure all their fans do believe that as well. I know they've had uh, ups and downs over the uh, you know, last couple of seasons, no doubt about that. But they've come back strongly, as you say. They're uh, only, you know, 1-5 already, and only uh, and a draw, no defeats yet. So they've started very, very strongly indeed, and they will be a, a side to be reckoned with. Goals from Miche Efete right on half-time and then uh, a second one from Ben Fox, meaning all three points stayed at uh, Blundell Park. They sit third in the table uh, and a side who've pushed on a little bit, if you like, from last season in this kind of fixture is uh, Notts County, who have got the job done against a difficult uh, Maidenhead United side. An Alex Lacey goal towards the start of the second half 
uh, has secured for them six points uh, in midweek and on Saturday. Uh, in midweek, of course, they took on uh, Wealdstone uh, and it was a cracking game. Uh, lots of plaudits for the opposition who we talk about in a minute, but uh, Notts County got the job done 3-2 against Wealdstone. And after the game, Richard Wharton caught up with the Notts County manager, Ian Birchnell. Difficult, it gave us a real difficult problem. They play some really nice football and, and uh, credit to them for that. So it was a thoroughly entertaining game for the fans. I think we, we maybe could have scored more in the second half, but when we don't take a chance and then... We let them back into it. It obviously made a tense finish. You're unbeaten after six games, so that obviously must be pleasing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we're being difficult to beat, so a good quality to have. And, and of course, the longer that that can go on, the better. But we've still got a lot of areas we can improve at, and I think we've, we've still got focus on them. Wilson set you some interesting challenges this evening, didn't they? Yeah, they did. I thought they played some really nice stuff at times, and they, um, I think they've got a good way of playing, a very different to some of the other teams. A lot less direct and a lot more build-up, so it gave us a challenge, and we changed our system a little bit today, so we, we struggled to, to deal with that in the first half an hour, but once we got to grips with it, I thought we played well. Sure, I mean, is that helpful, you know, when a, when a team comes here and plays that way rather than... Um, yeah, I mean, it's just a different challenge. It's a different challenge that we have to face. So sometimes it's difficult to play teams that just sit low. Sometimes it's, it depends how well they do it. Um, and, and today they did it well, so it posed a problem. That was Ian Birchnell. And after the game, Richard also caught up with the Wildstone manager, Stuart Maynard. Stuart, you're um, disappointed this evening with a 3-2 defeat, but you, you pushed not to County hard there. Yeah, I think in the first half especially, I think we had two or three chances after the game, 1-0 up. And I think if we get another one, I think it's massive, but them scoring in quick succession just before half-time, it got the crowd going again, and I think the crowd were kind of going the other way. Uh, but look, you're here, look, that we stuck to our philosophy, and we will do, and uh, you can see we've controlled the game with the ball for big, large periods of the game, which I don't think many will come here and, and do that. Yeah, I mean, Ian Birchon, I think you've just come out from speaking to him, he's been very complimentary about the way that you've gone about your game this evening. Uh, I mean... Uh, that's not a consolation when you've got no points, but it's nice to hear at the same time. Of course it is. Uh, look, we've always said we don't want to come and make up the numbers in the league, uh, but we're also realistic that you know when you come to a club like this, these are the best team we've played. Uh, they've played a different formation to what we researched on them and fair play to them. They've tactically changed it and I think Ian's a top manager uh, and I think they're going to be right up there. I mean, you know, you're going, going towards half-time and 1-0 up and, and you know, you, I imagine your, your team talk changed quite dramatically um, given the two goals that came just before the break. Yeah, we tried to keep it really positive. Even, you know, there's, the goals can be stopped at the back post. Uh, it's just switching off a little bit. But, you know, we, we had to be positive at half-time. It was a real positive performance in the first half. Uh, we take a lot of positives from this game and uh, moving into Saturday. And you had a, um, a really great support from your fans here this evening. And they, uh, considering there's like, I think there was five and a half thousand in the stadium, and they really made themselves heard, didn't they? Our fans are unique. Home and away, they travel, they're loud, they make themselves heard, and uh, they get right behind us. And we told them that they're our 12th man this season in the league. It's a, it's a new experience for them at this level, and to come to here tonight, there's probably five odd thousand here. And like you said, you hear them pretty much all the way through the game, and it's it's a credit to them. And and we need to keep them being positive and keep being behind us. Yeah, I mean um, that experience has been delayed for them by a year, hasn't it? By you know the, the, by playing most of last well, pretty much all of last season without crowds in front of them. So they must be new. And for the players too, they must be enjoying the experience as well. Oh, massively. I think you see in the quality of the games now. Like I think a lot of games last year ended up training games uh, where there's no real tempo, there's no real atmosphere. Uh, whereas you see this season now, like you look at today's game, like the, the crowd, the way it changed. We went 1-0 up, 
the crowd are a little bit on the not lads' backs a little bit because they're not playing forward quick enough. And I thought they were playing well. They weren't playing bad at the time. We just had a couple of good half chances, and then they score, and then you hear the roar. So like it gets the players going, and it's what you want to play, and it's it's what we love football for. Is the fans here? They're, they're a massive part of football. It's not just the players on the pitch. The fans play a key part. I'm disappointed not to obviously build on on the one nil from Saturday, but a chance to rebound this this coming weekend. Yeah, of course. Look, we'd we'd have loved to have come here and got something from the game, and we had belief that we could come here and get something from the game. But we'll take away. We'll, we'll watch the video back again and uh, see where we can improve on our performance. And you know, there's no points on the board tonight, but there's a lot of positives to take into Saturday. That was uh, Stuart Maynard, who's uh, side have been getting a few plaudits, but uh, it'll be wins they want and. Uh, um, nevertheless, a good showing for them at Notts County in the week. Exactly, you know, you come back to it, you know, Notts County again, you know, a side club, should they be up in a higher echelons in, in the Football League? Of course they should, but again, we all know, everyone knows within the game, it's not as easy as that, and uh, they're undefeated again though, Rob, you know, four four wins, three draws, so they're going about their business, you know, in a, in, a, in the right way, they're, they're in and around it, you know, that's where they want to be, and being undefeated, you know, we get confidence coming through the, through the squad and uh, yeah, they're, they're a big outfit Boreham Wood sit in 5th position but they too lost their first game of the season on Saturday uh, away at Solihull Moors uh, for whom Joe Sabara continues to shine, 6 goals now this season and you'll have seen him play Mick, he's a diminutive fella but my goodness me he's got some quality Well there it is, you just said the word, you know if you've got players who, who have got quality it will come to the top, there's no doubt about it and uh, you're right Boreham Wood you know, they, they started very, very brightly this season. Uh, they could have missed the Shamanga, there's no doubt about that. You know, they will miss him. Uh, so it'd be interesting how they respond after that defeat uh, today. Now, I'm sure there'll be no arguments in the result of Saturday, and that was up at the Shea, where uh, Halifax Town, FC Halifax Town, have put Stockport County a uh, a, a battered, a bewildered, a bemused Stockport County at the moment. But uh, goals from Matty Warburton against his old side, of course, Tom Bradbury and uh, Billy Waters. What a way to respond for Billy Waters, released by Torquay, now the joint top goalscorer in the National League. Well, it just shows you, you know, these players have something to prove though, Rob. That's the, exactly it. Well, you know, when you get released, you know, you, you take a bit of a hit. There's only one way. Well, it's not, there's two ways. You either go down further or you bounce back, and that's exactly what they need to do. These players need to bounce back, and I've seen it time and time again with players who, within this National League, get released by one club, then come back, and you see them pop up somewhere else. You say, where where have they been? But they've got a point to prove, and you're dead right. You know, looking at uh, the way Halifax have, well, turned over Stockport today, you know, is uh, quite incredible. It's a 3-0, well, big, big win for that, for Halifax, and Stockport have got a little bit of thinking to do. I'll have a closer look myself at Halifax next weekend when they come to the EBB. They're sixth, Wrexham seventh, and Solihull Moors eighth, uh, Yeovil ninth. Weymouth sit in uh, tenth position prior to the Saturday evening game. We'll wrap that up in our review of the FA Cup games a little bit later on because Mick and I are recording prior to that one kicking off. Uh, Stockport City 11th, Bromley uh, 12th uh, and Bromley got back to business as usual Michael Cheek got back to business as usual on Saturday 2-0 win uh, against Barnet. Chris Bush with uh, the second goal uh, Cheeky's off and running and Bromley are right where they'd want to be just pushing on the outside of those playoffs Yeah, I mean, I've seen Bromley play um, early on at Dagenham it was one of them games where they sort of just sort of folded a little bit 
but they've got quality within abundance in that group. There's no doubt about it. And you keep mentioning the boy, Michael Cheat, everywhere he goes, he just, he's that type of player. He can score. You know, he scores. All right. I think it may have been a penalty today, I think he got, but uh, he, uh, he will score. He will be someone that any team would love to have. But he's at Bromley and uh, he will be the difference for them, for me, in terms of where they're going to finish in the league. If he starts hitting the straps, he's going to be a, a real threat. Looking at the bottom end of the table upwards, Dover obviously in that late kickoff at uh, Weymouth. Barnet have lost again, still no wins for them. Minus 12 goal difference. Tough, tough start uh, to life in the National League for Harry Kuehl. Uh, and uh, we'll, uh, also, we also have to come to South End now. Uh, two defeats uh, uh, midweek, 3-2 defeat at home to Aldershot, and they've gone down 1-0 on Saturday as well at Torquay. Uh, from a Torquay perspective, terrific result for Gary Johnson and his men. But for Phil Brown, um, listening to some of the dissent on uh, Tuesday night, listening to some of the uh, tweets and things on the phone in Radio Essex, uh, the knives are out a little bit for Phil Brown and for the chairman there and... Uh, in fairness, you can only really look at Brown over the last 12 months, but uh, probably a sign of things going in the wrong direction at Southend for quite a long time coming in. Well, exactly that, Rob. As I said, it's been a, it's been a real uh, club that's just fallen, fallen, fallen. Let's get it right. There's no dressing that up. But welcome to the National League, because this National League is a strong league. You know, Phil Brown won't be under any illusions that to, to get them back where they need to be. It's going to be a tough job. It's going to be a job that he's going to have to work at and uh, make sure his players realise that. I think he's recruited reasonably well. You know, I think they had to recruit that before the players were, were perhaps nowhere near it. Now he's got players who know the, the, the this league and know perhaps the league above. So he will have to be digging deep uh, in terms of his experience to get that team back where they need to be. But it starts again because, as I said, there's no hiding place in this uh, National League. Now, one final game to review before we talk about the match. An interesting story that broke last week. Caught up with somebody here a little bit earlier on today. Right, here at NL Full Time, of course, we keep you up to date with all the football that's going on, but a lovely story that broke last weekend. I'm delighted to say I've got the man involved, or one of the people involved in that with me. So, uh, Wealdstone against Altrincham. You might remember that uh, Medialito got the winner in the 112th or 13th minute. There was a long delay for sadly a broken leg for Altrincham's Connor Kirby on loan from Harrogate Town. And um, somebody who, who witnessed that event and quickly sprung into action was a Wealdstone supporter, Paul Franklin. Um, Paul, just take it away from your point of view, what happened and what's happened since. Yeah, um, Connor, unfortunately... Uh, he, he got a double compound fracture of his tibia and fibia through he challenged one of the um, Wheelstone players breaking forward and blocked a shot and unfortunately the Wheelstone lad kicked the back of his leg rather than the ball and it ended up snapping his leg um, it was heard in the crowd I was behind the goal and once you knew what was wrong you you associated the noise with the the incident and um, yeah unfortunately Connor was is now going to be out for a long period of time so it was felt as a fan base that the Wheelstone fans wanted to do something for Connor to put a smile back on his face. Um, so last week we endeavoured on trying to raise some money for him and one of the initiatives we had was I, I ran a, a football card, you know, the traditional football cards and Wheelstone fans in their numbers paid £10 per box uh, to win either a signed Wheelstone shirt from this season, kindly donated by the kit man, Tony. Mm. Um, and it was such a success that I was able to run a second card, uh, which we, we charged a little less for because it was a signed football from the, the squad. 
uh, also donated by Tony and the team. And uh, we came up with a magnificent £615 raised. Uh, the two winners have been notified and they were very, very happy. And uh, hopefully that £615 will go some way to help Connor sort of recuperate and uh, give him something to smile about. Well, that's a fantastic story. So glad to be able to bring that to our NL full-time listeners. Quick word, uh, we're in the warm-ups at the moment before the Stones against the shots. Both teams lost... 2-0 to Chesterfield. Both teams lost 3-2 at Notts County. Both teams took points off Southend. It's eerily close. How do you think it might go? Bearing in mind this will go out on Sunday after the game. <laughs> oh, do you know what? The Yes. Uh, the fixture against all the shot is one of those. I think if any Willstone fan is going to be honest with themselves, we're going to be in the bottom half of the table looking to try and stay fourth or fifth from bottom, stay out of that relegation zone. And all the shot are one, definitely one of those teams that have similar budgets, similar style of play, similar level of players. And when you're at home, having taken a really good performance at one of the big hitters like County, I think we've got to, we've got to suggest that there's got to be a win there. Um, we can't keep bemoaning the fact that we played well and not picked up points. You know, we don't need that sob story going into October, November and still sort of only being on a few points. That's fair enough. Uh, I'll take that from uh, an order shot point of view. You never know how they're going to turn up on the day. They were very, very good in their 3-2 win at Southend on uh, Tuesday night. But let's hope for a good game. Uh, let's hope for another high-scoring game. And, uh, well, beyond that, we can't say too much. But fantastic gesture from you, Paul, and all the Wealdstone supporters. Very well done and all the best for the season. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. That was Paul Franklin. And I have to say, Wealdstone supporters didn't leave it there. They went round at half-time in the Aldershot game with the blanket still collecting money for Connor Kirby. A terrific showing, something that really warms the cockles in, you know, in, 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 in a day and a time where, you know, um, bad feeling towards the opposition, whether it's between players and between fans. It's a, a real, real humane moment there, isn't it? Uh, collecting the money for the boy who broke his leg. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think you know. I think generally around this uh, division, the supporters are genuine, and I've got to say that is a wonderful effort from the Willstone supporters. As they put it out over the Tannoy, and uh, as I said, they went round with a blanket, and people were, you know throwing coins and X and other bits and bobs and other pound notes and things like that in there so no, fair play to them and uh, you know they have to be applauded and have to be uh, you know congratulated that that's what they're thinking about it's, it's just great to see uh, <laughs> on that uh, on the on the pound note thing they might have been getting they're not worth it anymore but I know what you meant you meant five pound notes five pound notes yes <laughs> I'm, I'm getting there you know well listen it's, it's yeah. ten pound notes I meant. <laughs> Or £20. Yeah, <laughs> it was you. Yeah, no, it wasn't. But uh, anyway, on to the game itself. The sides started uh, respectively Wildstone 17th and Aldershot 21st on the day. And they finished the day in those positions too, Mick, which leads us to what you might think that it was indeed a draw. But it was an entertaining draw, uh, your take on the two-all uh, with uh, Wildstone and Aldershot. Well, you just said it, entertaining. It was, it was spot on. It was, was an entertaining game. It was a game that was a, there was a lot of... a. Uh, Talent on show, no doubt about that. A lot of talent on show. And uh, the way both teams try to set up, both teams try to play what we call the correct way. In saying that, I've got to say, Aldershot stopped Wilson playing the way they wanted to play. They, in the end, they had to start playing a little bit longer because they like to play through the thirds. And uh, they sort of really uh, put the cat amongst the pigeon. But it was a really entertaining game and uh, could have gone either way, Rob. Uh, both managers will be looking at... The goals they conceded, could they defend them better? Perhaps they should have done. But uh, if you're looking from an, attack, uh, an attacking point of view, they were two, two goals from Aldershot, excellent and well taken from Corey Andrews up top. And uh, they've got a weapon in terms of the long throw here at, <laughs> at, at Willstone, haven't they? And uh, 
he's used that to an effect to throw it in right in at the box and it's been nodded in and they've got a goal from that. But it was a very, very good game with, as I said, with many, many players who impressed. Yep, two goals for Corey Andrews, took his total to five for the season for Aldershot and Umera's header from that long Jack Corley throw was his fifth goal of the season. That just about wraps up the action in the National League on Saturday. Part two of the podcast, we're uh, recording on Sunday morning now and I've been joined by regular uh, member of the team, Dickie Wharton. Good, good morning, Dickie. Good morning, Rob. It's nice to see you. Very nice, sunshiny morning. It's beautiful. I can see the sun just cutting across Dickie's face there, bursting in through his living room window. Uh, and my blinds are a bit further shut, actually. But uh, so it's not look, it is just as sunny here in Cambridgeshire. But right, just before we look at the FA Cup, there was one National League fixture still to be played uh, when I finished the roundup earlier with uh, Mick Payne. And that was uh, live BT Sport game. Uh, Weymouth had been going really well at the start of the season against Dover. And uh, by the sounds of it, Dickie, um, an awful seven-hour coach journey for Dover. They arrived half an hour or so before the kickoff, um, and is often in the way with these things. They uh, they they only went and took the lead uh, in the game as well, um, and uh, they ultimately had to settle for a point. Weymouth did get themselves back on level terms, but uh, in a way, kind of frustrating result possibly for both teams, Dover, because. They only chalked one more off that minus total. Uh, they're at minus 10 now. Uh, and for Weymouth, who, based on their recent form, would have seen home to Dover as a bit of a home banker. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I, I think a lot of supporters, a lot of neutrals looking in, would probably looking at, at Dover away from home this season, would probably have the home team down as favourites. Um so it, it will be disappointing to Weymouth that they didn't they didn't get maximum points from that one. Um, Dover still, I think they're one of two sides still in the National League without a win to their name yet. So you know they were they were looking good for that when Kobe Arthur put them ahead. But um, yeah, peg back it, it, it chalks just and as you say just just chalks another point off that that minus twelve um, points deduction total that they began the season with. Um, We've said before now, it's wins they need, really. They need to get back to zero points as quickly as they can. So that that doesn't help them particularly. Josh McCoy's equaliser for Weymouth gets them a point, but it doesn't do a huge amount for them either. Yeah, Brian Stock said afterwards that uh, the the one positive for Weymouth was that having gone behind, they didn't lose the game. Uh, Just one defeat in five for them and they're going nicely in the Premier League. We're going to have a look now at the second qualifying round of the FA Cup. <sighs> so, let's talk about you. Actually, let's talk about me, just for a bit, because I was like you. In 40-odd years, I hadn't done much exercise, but I knew I had to start. So, I got the Couch to 5K app. From not being able to run for more than a minute, nine weeks later, I was running for half an hour. It's simple, it's free, and it's all planned out. With a little support, it's amazing what your body can do. Join thousands of monthly users. Download the free One U Couch to 5K app now because there's only one U. Right, we split this into North and South, uh, Dickie. I'm going to take the uh, South. You're going to take the North. And uh, what we've done is, of course, with many of the sides playing against teams from step three, four, five, etc. Um, we've kind of split it up into uh, the winners, the losers, and those that shall go again. So do you want to kick us off with your roundup of the... Uh, FA Cup ties affecting the sides who play in the National League North. 
Yeah, we had four All National League North ties yesterday. We had seven National League North teams who were drawn away to teams from Step Three or below, and seven who were drawn at home to Step Three or below. As a result of that, after the games have been played, we've got three who are facing replays against no against lower league sides. Six teams from National League North have got to replay against one another yet. And we've still got one team yet to play because Gloucester play their tie with Long Levens this afternoon. So in total, 10 teams still don't know their fate. That obviously, if you do your maths, works out that nine or 12 do. We had nine teams from National League North progressed. Three fell at the first hurdle. And as, as always is the case, it tends to be the ones that fell at this hurdle are the ones who get the attention. Um, Farsley Celtic were one of them. They lost 3-0 to City of Liverpool. Manager Adam Lakeland, hugely disappointed, said we had opportunities but didn't score. Um, bemoaned um, a lack of squad depth, ultimately. So he says he's got the best squad that he's had at the club since he's in the five years he's been there. But with absentees through injury, uh, a number of which had seemed quite open-ended from, from his post-match interview um it, it, he's he really seems to be struggling and yeah they, they went down three nil they're already missing they're missing sam walker dave sires joel byram adam barton jimmy spencer all players who would be in the starting 11 um but yeah hugely disappointing time for me i think he called it his, his most difficult time in the five years he's been at the club so um uh, and dickie they've been punching haven't they um, as a club, Farsley Celtic, getting back to that level, they've been punching as a club and uh, it is hard to keep on doing it, isn't it? Yes, it is. I mean, I looked at the, I looked at the players he'd brought in over the summer and, and I would have to agree that on paper, certainly um, that, that the squad Adam Lakeland has assembled this season looks look strong. And, and you look at the, the backing that, that Farsley Celtic get in terms of crowds um, and, you, and you have to say that, yes, they are punching above their weight. Um, uh, you know whether they've just you know run up a bit of a against a bit of a stumbling block at this point in time. I mean, Adam Lakeland didn't. Um, you know, the, I don't think there's been any doubt being cast over his future or anything. I think I think certainly that what he's achieved at the club in in the period he's been there means that you know he's going to be given time to turn this round. But a lengthy injury list like that. At, that's something that's out of his hands. He was talking about perhaps bringing some players in, but didn't know if there were funds available to do that. So, you know, a month into the season, he, and he's got, he's got a difficult um, a difficult problem to solve there. So um, that was uh, one of the that, so that was one of the uh, National League North sides taken out in the uh, at the first hurdle, if you like. Any more? Yes, they were. Yeah, all all the National League North sides that went out actually went off to teams from two divisions below them. Um, another one of those was Alfreton Town. They lost one 0 at Cleethorpes. Um, a goal scored by a former player of theirs, Brady Robertson, in the fiftieth minute of the game. Um, that put Alfreton out. It, you know, Farsley haven't started the league season particularly well. Neither have Alfreton. So you know, perhaps you could have. Um, you know, felt that an upset was on the cards. Um, and there was another one for my own club, AFC Telford United. They lost uh, by two goals to one at home to Stamford. Um, fell two goals behind in the first half. Two goals from the, the fantastically named Cosmos Matuasa. Um, a, a goal from... <laughs> A goal from Elliot, yeah, I know, out of this world he was. Uh, yeah. Quite a performance. Um, Elliot Durrell got a penalty, uh, pulled a, a goal back with a penalty from 15 minutes from time, and Telford tried to throw the kitchen sink at it, 
but uh, it weren't helped when Nathan Pond was sent off with six minutes remaining. Um, and they tumble out, Gavin Cowan accepting full responsibility, just said collectively as a team, we weren't good enough. Um, you know, said he he's the one who picks the team. Um, uh, and yeah, Telford's league form has, has stuttered at the start of this season and, and their FA Cup... <sighs> You know, is uh, it's the same way. Us. Yes, again, you know, it's it's yeah. been a bit of a. It's not just a, a story. It's been a story since the the AFC Telford since the reformation of the club. I think they've made the the first round proper on one occasion, the second round proper on another occasion, and the rest of the time it it, it has been a tale of disappointment. Which, given the old Telford United's history of of FA Cup. Um, you know, upsets and glory and, you know, making trips to the fourth round and the fifth round and whatever. Um, it, it is a huge disappointment for supporters, but, you know, that was then and this is now. And, you know, Gavin Counts has got to deal with, with what he has now. So who else has missed out on uh, that little Philip for the funds, for the, uh, for the bursa, for the financial side of the club? Who else will have had high hopes but have bombed out of the first round? Well, there's one other National League North side who've tumbled out. That was in one of the, the fixtures where they were drawn against a fellow National League North club, and it's Bradford Park Avenue um, who, who were out. They lost 6-2 at Gateshead. I think at one stage it was 1-1 in this game, um, uh, and they were competing, but then ultimately they've been blown away by Mike Williamson's side in the second half. Two goals for Matty Jacob in that one great. Golly with a goal, Dan Ward got one. Macaulay Langstaff, he's been in really good goal-scoring form of late. He got one and it was an own goal as well. Um, and yeah, Gates had progressed, but uh, Avenue, it's a dead end for them, unfortunately. Oh, boom. I see what you've done there, Dickie. Um, so what about those other three ties involving uh, all National League clubs? I take it they've all gone to replays. Uh, yes, they have. We've got Darlington and Chester uh, fought out a, a goal list draw at Blackwell Meadow, so they'll go again on Tuesday night. There was um, a 1-1 draw between Foyle and Spennymoor, two of the teams who were going really well at the top of the division, um, and, and two players who've been in really good goal-scoring form as well. Brad Abbott put Spennymore ahead, but Nick Horton, I think it was something like his seventh goal of the season, he equalised very soon afterwards. Again, those two teams will have to do it again in the northeast. Yes, and, and two other National League North sides will go again on Tuesday night in the All-Lancashire affair between Chorley and Southport. I think Chorley must have thought that perhaps they were they were through home and hosed in this one. Of course, they had a fantastic FA Cup run last season. They led through um, goal from Connor Hall and Jacob Blythe in the first half, but a really good fight back from Southport, Connor Woods and Marcus Carver, a former Chorley player, earned them a second bite at the Cherry, and those two sides will will have to contest that again on Tuesday to see who goes through. And just before we take a look at uh, some of the National League North sides that progressed comfortably uh, at the weekend, just to mention that uh, we're blessed to have been uh, fed with a few stats about the progression of clubs from uh, Phil Annitz, uh, Mr. FA Cup Fact File himself. Um, he very kindly shared with us his uh, stats completed deep into the night last night with so many ties to go through. Um, and uh, if you love the FA Cup, you can get now Phil's uh, book, FA Cup 150. It's available at Amazon Waterstones, or you can get in touch with him on his own website, facupfactfile.co.uk. UK. Phil can't be with us uh, this morning because he's trying to take in two ties on uh, Sunday as well. But uh, all the best to Phil and he'll join us, I'm sure, 
in uh, one of the next couple of rounds. So, yeah, Dickie, uh, some National League North sides that progressed a little bit more smoothly through uh, qualifying two round. Yes, there, there are a few other teams that need to, to go again um, in midweek of this week. Uh, Blythe Spartans, one of those, they were ahead through JJ O'Donnell, but were pegged back by FC United of Manchester for a 1-1 draw. So they'll, they'll be off to Broadhurst Park, presumably on Tuesday for a replay there. Um, there was another draw between Spalding and Kettering. Now, this was um, a, a, a local-ish affair. Um, and then it looked as if Kettering were going through a goal from Clo- Claudio Afusu, um, had them ahead, but they had Connor Johnson sent off and and then conceding an equaliser in the fifth minute of injury time. I don't think Paul Cox will be especially thrilled about the prospect of playing another game, but at least they've got home territory for the, the replay. Hereford United, they're another team you've got to go again. They were, again, another side who were who looked like they were they were cruising through. They were 2-0 up away at Limington Town. Goals through Miles Story and Tom Owen Evans, but two goals for the hosts in the second half. Uh, peg them back and they'll have to have another go. And yes, we mentioned as well that the tie between Longlevens and Gloucester City, that's being played this afternoon. So we won't know about that one um, before the podcast goes out, unfortunately. So what about, uh, I was looking at uh, Phil Annett's stats and uh, one club that's got a proud record that uh, um, they're into the third qualifying round um, and something they haven't failed to do for 97 years Admittedly, some of them from a high level, but York City, how did they get on? Yeah, York City, they had they they had a, a bit of a cruise. They they beat Heaven Town 3-0 at the NER Community Stadium. A goal from Michael Woods opened the scoring, and then two from that old stager, Clayton Donaldson, made the game safe. So York progressed through very comfortably there. Another side that's going well in the division, Kurz and Ashton, they had even more of a stroll. They beat Stockton Town 4-0. They actually 4-0 up by half-time. Two goals from Jack McKay, one from Alex Curran, and Adam Thomas, a man who's on fire in the early months of, early months of the season. He had it, added the fourth. Um, and, and Stephen Cunningham's side progressing very comfortably. Another side he went through quite comfortably. Leamington, they beat Stone, Old Alanians 3-1. Two goals from Dan Turner and one from Kelsey Mooney there. Brackley Town, another... It looks comfortable 4-2, but I think that the story, that the tale of this one is that they actually trailed. They were 2-1 down. Um, they were pulled it back to 2-2, but I think it took two goals till quite late on in the game to secure their progress. But yeah, Ellis Miles, Matt Lowe, Leon Love and Brad Rolt ultimately on target. Um, Boston United, they had a, a, a comfortable victory over Corby Town, 6-0. Two goals from Scott Garner, their defender, so one assumes that, that, that well, there might have been a header amongst those. Um, Danny Elliott with two, uh, Jordan Burrow with a goal and Fraser Preston with one as well. We've got Sporting Calcer and Kidderminster Harriers. This looked a, a bit of a tricky tie for Harriers, but they made it through a goal from Sam Austin and two from Niall Bell, who I think joined them from Stockport in the summer. That's right. A bit of a, a, a narrower passage through for Geisley. They won 1-0 at Cole with a goal from Jordan Fulis. That's the it. Yeah, that's the, that's the end of the list. So that's the roundup. So, yeah, we've got um, a number of National League North sides in the hat, but almost just as many still um, have got to, you know, find out their fate at some point in midweek. Great stuff. Thanks, Dickie. We're going to take a look at the uh, FA Cup Second qualifying round ties now involving the National uh, League South clubs. Uh, all in all, there were 
of the 21 teams in the National League South. And I've got to be honest, that, that surprised me when I look at the table yesterday just to focus myself. Um, and uh, I didn't realise it, uh, it. It's two teams short of those in the National League North, Nick, here. Um, I guess that's just the way it's evolved over recent years, isn't it? Yeah, it has. I think the, um, the the promotion and relegations at the end of this season will will seek to balance that out. It, yeah. yeah, but I think um, you know we've had um, it's a knock on effect, isn't it? You know, you lose a team from a division like I think we had um, Berry, and we've had the Macclesfield effect being another one, and and yeah, and it, and it just ripples through the leagues. And then again, unfortunately, because of what's happened with COVID and promotion and relegation issues, been suspended. I think we 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 would have been at twenty four teams in both the north and the south for this season had things gone to plan. But of course, nobody um, particularly expected a pandemic to come along. Um, and, and that rebalancing the, of the leagues is something that, that that's a little further down the line now, but it is going to happen still as far as I'm aware. All right. Well, of those 21 sides, 11 progressed, six went out and four of those sides will be involved in uh, replays. Uh, some of the big hitters in the National League South progressed quite comfortably. Uh, the leaders, Dartford, beat Hyde 5-1. And there was a hat-trick for Eamon Aziz in that one. Big wins, too, for Dorking, who beat Burgess Hill 4-0. Luke Moore and Bobby Joe Taylor uh, amongst the scorers in that one. Uh, High-scoring affair between Havant and Beaconsfield, who gave it a right good go. But uh, Brace, McCarthy and Wall amongst the Havant and Waterlooville uh, goal scorers as they eventually prevailed 5-3. Maidstone um, beat Chichester 3-1. Deacon, Patterson and Luke on the chair. And I saw a little bit of a rendition of Sweet Caroline from Maidstone in the dressing room afterwards. You don't normally see celebrations like that after a team have progressed against lower opposition. But I can only imagine that it's more part of the run at Maidstone. And after each win, they're uh, belting out uh, a bit of sweet Caroline after each of the games. And there's some real characters uh, at Maidstone. And they look to me, uh, Dickie, as though they've got a, a lovely balance between youth and experience at Maidstone. Uh, you know, some of the experience now and include people like Jake Gallagher in that, but George Ella Kobe as well. Um, and they seem to be enjoying life this season. Yeah, they seem to be. Certainly, their their odds for for promotion from from National League South have shortened from from what they were at the beginning of the season. So you know, you, you take from that that they're they're heading in the right direction. They, the the first month of the season's gone well for them, and and yeah, progression in the FA Cup is 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 just another spoke on that wheel. Now, our very own Tom Lang was uh, at Walton Casuals yesterday. And if you just glanced at the scoreline there, you'd think, well, that was a comfortable win for Hampton and Richmond Borough, uh, where Tom, of course, is the uh, official photographer. But if you read into it, as I did, a very, very different story. Walton Casuals massively on top in the first half. Four clear-cut chances. Uh, Alan Julian called into action uh, a couple of times with some great saves, and he also... Uh, picked up an injury that uh, he managed to somehow play on with. In the end, though, Hampton and Richmond uh, Borough did progress comfortably 3-0, but it was a question of what might have been for Walton, who may have been a little too casual 
in front of goal. Boom. Uh, Jerome Slew, David Fisher and uh, recent signing Sam Deadfield from the penalty spot uh, sees the Beavers progress to the next round. Now, one or two sides in the National League South, it got through, but it was a little bit tighter. Uh, Ebb's fleet prevailed 2-1 um, at uh, Carl Shelton. They've had recent history in the FA Cup. And uh, Elliot Romain, it was, that came off the bench to net uh, a late winner there. Uh, and Chelmsford saw off uh, step five Little Oakley, thanks to goals from Charlie Sheringham and Dave Winfield, who's back there now at Chelmsford. Uh, Hungerford also beat Truro 1-0 thanks to an Emerson goal. Two sides that made it through to the uh, third qualifying round for the 15th consecutive year. Uh, Bath, who uh, scraped through 1-0 at Shaftesbury and Eastbourne, who grabbed a 2-0 win at Hanwell Town. Well, they're the winners, but uh, we mentioned there's got to be a few losers as well. There always is in the uh, FA Cup and... Uh, Got to be at least a couple of teams eventually that will drop out from the two all National League South clashes. Uh, the first one of those saw Billericay advance 2 1 at the expense of uh, Braintree. Darren Foxley and George Wind on the score sheet for them. Welling lost 2 0 at home to Harrow Borough, um, a result that technically is a cup set but possibly won't have surprised too many. But Dulwich Hamlet going down 1 0. Uh, rather tamely to Bedfont Sports from step four. Uh, 1-0 win that equals uh, their best run ever in the uh, FA Cup. And Slough, for the first time in six years, failed to make it through to the third qualifying round. They slipped up at home to Whitehawk, who now play at step four in the Isthmian League uh, 1 Southeast. Uh, Whitehawk prevailing 4-2 in that one. And Southern League Premier Southside Hayes and Yedding in fine form themselves in their own league this season thrashed Tunbridge Angels 5-0. Uh, and that was probably the, uh, the cup set of the day uh, involving the National League Southsides. Um, amazing, Dickie, across the two rounds, how many step two sides lost to step four sides? Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, you know... Whenever there's an upset in the FA Cup at this stage, you do wonder how much of that is down to, um, you know, that gap in the side between the two sides and the step two sides, perhaps, you know, taking their, their opposition lightly. And uh, unfortunately, they'll be waking up on this Sunday morning with that regret that they, they perhaps did so. Um, uh, but, but yeah, you know, we've got to give full credit to those those step four sides have progressed. You know, it, it's we, we, we shouldn't... Um, underestimate how much you know the, the the financial boost that they get from progression through the rounds gives to you know clubs from sort of like the the, the lower steps i mean it's 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 not um uh, insubstantial for the the teams that are at step two you know it's a nice little boost to their coffers but for teams you know a, li a little bit lower down the scale and bearing in mind, you know, that some of those haven't played matches for 12 months or so with a, with a COVID suspension, etc. You know, that that kind of um, extra income coming into the club, you know, is, is a real lifeline for them. So congratulations to all those sides that have, have made it through. And for the National League sides that didn't, well, you know, you, you just got to wait till this time next year and, and go again. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think clubs tend to think very much, managers, chairmen, you know, very much of the financial side of things. I think as players, everybody loves to be an underdog out, don't they? And they love to have their day. 
uh, and it's glory that's in the eyes of the players uh, once that whistle goes. So congratulations to all those sides from uh, the lower reaches of the non-league system who've progressed or earned themselves replays. Talking of replays, another National League South clash saw Concord and St Albans draw rather tamely or so it would seem, nil-nil. Um, I think St Albans will probably be favourites to progress now in the replay as they've done so uh, in each of the last 10 years they've progressed through this stage. Where in step four held Hemel Hempstead, it were 2-0 up in nine minutes uh, thanks to a 90th minute leveller. So poor old Hemel have got to go and do it again after having led for virtually all of that one. But congratulations uh, to Ware, who make the very short trip to Hemel for the replay in midweek. And Chippenham were also taken to a replay by step three, Paul Town, Alex Bray on the score sheet for them. But all in all, the usual, uh, you're almost, you know, in these rounds of the FA Cup, you're almost guaranteed shocks. It's just who's it going to be and, and, and how many? No, it's, you know, the FA Cup... Um, it, they, they're great weekends, aren't they? You know, you I, you just mentioned Hemel Hempstead there. You know, you think of a teams who've started the season poorly um, and, and would hope be hoping for, you know, a boost for their fortunes, you know, a, a comfortable win in the FA Cup to, to give them that bit of confidence. And, you know, how, how many times do we see it, it doesn't work out that way? I, I have to say, I, mean, I, I overlooked one thing. I had a quick look through the FA website for the scores last night. My eye was drawn by the, the Farsley Celtic score. I don't quite know who uploaded it to the FA website, but they had the final score down as City of Liverpool 17, Farsley Celtic 9, which I thought <laughs> would have had, I thought would have had Phil reaching for his record books, you know, at 26, uh, an aggregate of 26 goals in the second round qualifying time might have been a record. But I, I think somebody perhaps has uh, put either the corners or the shot countdown instead rather than the actual goals. But uh, uh, yeah, you know, and, and hopefully when um, in a later round, we'll be able to have Phil join us. Yeah, I could just imagine his face if that popped into his inbox, and 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 uh, it'd have been rushing for the uh, spreadsheets and the and the stats and the shocks. Thanks very much indeed to Phil Annett for helping to supply us with a few uh, stats from the FA Cup this weekend. And yeah, I'm sure he'll join us soon. Uh, that's it. Um, thoroughly enjoyed the roundup with Mick Payne at uh, Grosvenor Vale and with yourself for the FA Cup, Dicky. Um, do join us again next week when we'll be largely focusing back on the National League action with uh, a little bit of news, of course, from those midweek replays. In the meantime, thank you if you voted for us in the Football Content Awards. We shall find out how we've uh, done in that uh, uh, in October when the five of us, are, at this point at least, it looks like all five of us will get down uh, to uh, to London. So. Regardless of anything else, that'll just be a damn good night out, won't it? <laughs> yeah, looking forward to it. That'll be fun. Yeah, just a reminder that you can uh, uh, find us on all good podcasting platforms. And if you do subscribe to us, then uh, our pod each weekend will just pop into your inbox or you'll get a notification for it. So thanks as ever for your support. Um, thanks for joining us, Dickie. You're very welcome, Rob. Good to see you. And uh, we'll speak to you again soon. 